Welcome to the Weekend Review. Yes, a day late. We'll get into that. But I want to welcome you guys to the show. We're going to go over everything that happened last week in WWE as Monday Night Raw is tonight. But we're going to do our best to look back at last week as we set up for the final two shows of Raw and SmackDown before WrestleMania 38 in less than two weeks. I think it's, what, 12 days from now? Crazy how quickly it's all come. But we're going to get into everything. Brock Lesnar wanting blood, Ronda and Charlotte, and so much more. Let's get it all started right now. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. You're gonna acknowledge me. Oh yes, everybody, welcome to the WWE Podcast Weekend Review. And uh, I know I'm a day late. Everybody is uh, and, you know emailing me saying, Hey, where is it? Do you forget to upload? And if you have been following me, I took a vacation and I got back yesterday anticipated being able to record last night but I think everything caught up with me everything between the flight and the travel which my god it you know even when things go smoothly at the airport and security it's a process you forget how much of a pain in the neck traveling is especially in airports while the flight does cut your time travel time in like you know a fraction if you're going to, depending on if you're going to drive or not, it's still just so much like you check in, you got to make sure everything's in your bag. You got to go through security, get to the airport two hours early. Like there's just, it's such a draining process. So beyond that, um, and the amount of alcohol consumed in Florida, which was just, um, <laughs> it made up for like many, many, many years, well, months, I should say of, uh, not drinking at all. And uh, it was just with some friends and, we were in the Tampa area, and um, by the way, if anybody was in Clearwater, it's a total disaster over there. I mean, it, it, we actually ended up not having a great day, one of the days, because it was just it took us forever to get over there. We get over there. The hotel reservation was wrong. We ended up go back. It was a mess, but uh, it, overall, it was a great time. Uh, we, we had such a great time, and uh, I think we may make it a, an annual thing. I got to say, but enough about my personal life. Y'all don't care. You just want to hear about the weekend review, and by the way, I was able to, if uh, you didn't catch it on Twitter, I posted a picture of myself and Ashley who have been talking for years. Has, she's been an awesome guest on this show for, my God, since 2018, maybe before that. It, it's at least been four years. She was one of the first few co-hosts on this show. And Ashley was in the area. She she has recently moved down in the area and I was close to her. So she made the quick drive over and, uh, well, quick drive I'll be at traffic. So I appreciate her efforts, but we were able to meet up and that was really cool. We spent a couple hours together just chatting and um, being able to, to really meet in person is, is, is cool, right? Because you hear somebody and you don't ever get to see them, but seeing somebody face to face is pretty cool. And she, she was great. So um, if you haven't seen that picture, go check it out on my Twitter at wrestling underscore audio. So um, that was a cool deal. I got to say, and uh, she was able to see some embarrassing things about me that are on YouTube that we will leave anonymous. So, all right, uh, guys, welcome to the Weekend Review. We are here to talk WrestleMania as we are just 12 days away from the WrestleMania uh, WrestleMania event that is shaping up to be interesting, very interesting. And I mean that amb- ambiguously because I don't know how to feel. I really don't know how to feel. I, I'm very cautiously optimistic about the show, 
There is a lot to go over. There's a lot that WWE is setting up for. There's a lot of rumors and speculation. Of course, the biggest rumor that we have right now is Cody Rhodes coming to face Seth Rollins in some capacity, interrupting him, or maybe he shows up on Raw tonight, or maybe he shows up on Raw next week, and they have their uh, their their match set up at that point. I don't know, but that seems to be the biggest rumor is Cody and Seth Rollins, and of course, my rumor that I'm trying to spread to get attention for myself is The Rock uh, coming at the end of the Roman Reigns match with Brock Lesnar after Roman beats Brock Lesnar in some kind of hooker crook way. The Rock comes out to confront Roman and we get a year build to next year's WrestleMania. That's my take on it, or maybe a build to SummerSlam. But um, as I'm trying to get attention for myself by spreading a rumor that has no merit, um, I, I think the other things that people are looking forward to is, is we look at the card and maybe underwhelmingly is Ronda and Charlotte. And I guess I'll start there. Let's start with Ronda and Charlotte because this is a program that, you know, it's it on paper. You, I feel like we should be more excited about this than we are. And that's the general feeling I'm getting, not just from myself, but from others that I've spoken to about Ronda Charlotte. That is, it's underwhelming because number one, we've already seen these two in, in you know, some capacity. I'll be in a triple threat a few years ago. So we've already seen it, not one-on-one, but we've seen it in a, one iteration. And the other thing is Rhonda's not great on promos. So that doesn't help. Charlotte is doing the best she can to hold up her end of the deal there. I mean, I, I got to say that Rhonda, I, I think is she's kind of a, a legacy star in her own right in MMA. But when she comes to WWE now, it doesn't feel as special as it did three years ago. And it's not because, Oh, we've already seen it. It's also because she is far removed now from her MMA glory days, right? She's a mom and good for her. I think that's awesome. But she has she's lost a lot of her mystique that when she first came in and she had that ma- tag team match with Kurt Angle against Triple H and Stephanie and she had an amazing outing at that point. Now she's past that. She's I don't want to say she's living off her past glory, but it's it just doesn't feel like the same Ronda. It doesn't have that same special feeling. She's not getting the same reactions as she was when she first came in. And I just, I don't know how to feel about this. Again, Ronda not being able to cut a promo and having, just being able to do angry face or, you know, excited little girl. I mean, that's the range of her emotions. There's nothing in between. That doesn't help. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to crap on this, but that's how I feel about it. And I generally think most people feel and I don't think most people want to see Ronda beat Charlotte. I don't because Ronda is somebody that's here very short term. She's not going to be doing a full-time schedule. She's a mom. You know that she's here essentially for WrestleMania and probably the big shows for the next year. I don't know the details of her contract, but one would believe reasonably that Ronda is not going to be taking on a full-time schedule and she's likely going to be doing kind of the edge type schedule where it's every few months, maybe for the big pay-per-views and she goes away. So why would you give the title to Ronda Rousey? And really by the same logic, Brock Lesnar's on that same schedule. So they are just, they're, they're kind of, I don't know how to describe it. They're like, uh, they're just kind of attractions at this point. They're both athletic as hell. Brock Lesnar, one of the best of all time, Ronda Rousey, the biggest MMA star in history. No doubt. I can't take that away from them, but And when you translate this to pro wrestling, it doesn't make sense to give them the titles. It does not make sense. I I like Brock Lesnar. I do. I like Ronda Rousey in terms of what she brings 
in terms of attention to the product. And she does have a certain aura about her. But when you look at this from a reasonable standpoint of, and the, always the goal of trying to build new stars, this is not how you build new stars. You don't build new stars by giving legacy stars championship victories at WrestleMania. That's not how you build new stars. In fact, I would argue it does the complete opposite. It has the opposite effect. Why? Because now you're having Charlotte, who's held that SmackDown Women's Championship for uh, several months now, and one of the best of all time, and still in her prime, drop the belt to a part-timer who's here for a big paycheck, and good for her, but also somebody that is not the future of WWE. If the goal is and should always be to build new stars, these two matches are okay if you're not going to drop the belts to both of them, Brock and Ronda. That's the problem I have with this. It's not helping anyone. It is short-term booking because it's a cool match on paper, but it's not helping build for the future. And I don't want to hear it's, oh, it's helping build Charlotte's legacy. How? Charlotte's already a made woman. She's regarded as the best of all time. One of the best of all time. I don't care what you think of her. If she's always holding the belt, all the arguments I've heard about her. The problem is that you are really undermining the goal that you're always trying to supposedly achieve of building the next generation of stars. That is a huge problem for me. And I, again, I want to see Roman get his ass beat, but that not at the expense of helping build the next generation of stars. Now, somebody may say if they're on here debating me, well, who should that person be, right? Who should that person be? I don't, well, you know, if you think this is a bad idea to have the belt drop to these, these two individuals, well, then who would you have if you're so smart? Here's the thing. That's not my job. Okay, my job is to understand what the business needs, and I think WWE knows what it needs. It's always helping build new stars. New stars are the lifeblood of pro wrestling and the lifeblood of any major sport, movies, TV. Stars, stars, stars will always be the lifeblood of any any particular entertainment platform. So I don't need to sit here and have to critically think for hours about who that person should be. They should have already, over the last year, been thinking about who they want in that main event if they are trying to build that next star. That's what they should be doing. Now, on the flip side, Bianca Belair is still building her legacy, and I think her and Becky are a great main event. I do. It's a win-win for everyone involved there. And even if Becky retains, which I don't think she will, of course, the WrestleMania preview predictions will be coming with, hopefully, Ashley in the next uh, next week. But to me, that that's a win-win because if Becky loses, cool, you have another uh, WrestleMania main event victory for Bianca Belair. If Becky retains, then you have Becky, re- con- I mean, just keep going with this streak of being the Raw Women's Champion. Um, you know, so to me, that's a win-win. That's helping build that next generation of stars. So anyway, that's the problem I have with two out of the three top belts being kind of uh, cannibalized by these part-timing stars that have are big money-making stars, but they just don't help build that next generation of of stars. And uh, you know, Roman Reigns is in his prime, but anyway, I think I've I've made my point. See, I've caught myself going in circles. Okay, so that's what I wanted to talk about in general. But on on SmackDown, when we saw what happened with Ronda here at the very end of SmackDown, um, yeah, we had Ronda Rousey get put through a table. And Charlotte baited Ronda Rousey to come out. She took the bait. She came out with her mean face. Again, one of her two emotions, one of the only two. 
And she comes out and uh, they battle and Ronda gets the advantage. But then uh, we had Charlotte use the kendo stick, who she, which she had at ringside and over by the announcer's uh, area, which when you think about it is like, oh, that was kind of a lucky, <laughs> kind of a lucky deal there that she knew that they were going to be over there or whatever. It's fine. Charlotte gets the uh, upper upper hand by using the kendo stick and put power bombs Ronda through the announce table. I think that's fine. You're trying to get heat on Charlotte and make uh, Ronda the babyface, And I think generally that's been the case. However, when you're looking ahead to the WrestleMania audience, I have my doubts that it's going to be a very unified uh, support for Ronda and the, and the, uh, the, 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 I guess, booing for Charlotte. I have my doubts because I, uh, you know, and I know that WrestleMania crowds are quote smarter than the normal audience, meaning they pay more attention to the intricacies of pro wrestling. I think that they, they're not just face value. We just eat what we're fed. And, and I believe that. And if you're going to spend all that money, you better be right. So I have my doubts that this is going to be a very, I guess, coherent or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Obedient. That's the word. A very obedient audience that WWE wants for this match. I could see it being 50-50 for both. Very split. So just keep an eye out for that. But this this feud's okay. It just doesn't feel as big as it should. All right. Um, the other thing I want to talk about as we uh, roll on here on SmackDown. Very SmackDown heavy review here. But I'll, I'll cover some things that happen on Raw as well uh, as a review. Because tonight's Monday Night Raw. Um we have Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock Lesnar, which, by the way, if I have to see the Madison Square Garden beat down one more time, I mean, it feels like the last time I saw a video package this many times, this repetitious, it's back when, remember when Roman Reigns was attacked by the mystery attacker backstage? It ended up being Eric Rowan. And we saw that video package. I'm not, it felt like 50 times in two, three weeks. I mean, they probably even played it for like six weeks or more. It, it was unbelievable how many times they played it to just nauseam. And I'm getting that kind of sense here now with uh, with Roman Reigns here um, getting or beating down Brock Lesnar. I, I don't need to see the Madison Square Garden beat down anymore. I, I mean, please. We, we know what happened. But uh, that is the premise for the blood thing. So I understand why. Brock is looking for blood because of what happened and him busting Brock open at the garden. Fine. So Brock is out for blood, but Roman comes out at the beginning of the show and Paul Heyman reveals to Roman that his flight, Brock's flight has been grounded in Saskatchewan. It's you know a four hour delay or something. So we won't be here. It was weird because like two minutes later, he gets an update that it actually has landed and Brock's on his way to the arena. Who's messaging him this? Is he looking at the flight schedule? If he is, how can he see private jets? Private jets aren't on a public website, I don't believe. Commercial flights are, but private jets are exactly that, private flights. Unless Brock is sending him updates. I, how did that happen exactly? Um, I mean, if you're grounded and for four hours, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, None of this made sense. It, it, was, it was weird. Uh, and then not only did he get the update, but Brock was already at the arena when he got the update. I mean, it's very bizarre. So Roman panics and him and the bloodline scramble to leave the arena. And as they're leaving, they get in their uh, their black SUV rental car, assumingly. And Brock comes in perfectly placed, knowing which car he was going to try to escape in. 
with this massive forklift. They called it something else. I don't know the name of the equipment. I'm not exactly a, a farm boy. I'm far from it exactly. But he jams the forklift, this giant forklift into the vehicle and essentially flips it over. And you can, I mean, it was very, very heavily edited. You could tell that, you know, they clearly weren't in the vehicle they, were, they cut shots and it, it was just clearly done earlier in the day. Fine. Obviously it's edited. You're not going to have them in the vehicle. Of course, I'm not advocating for that. It was just kind of obvious that it was edited, right? But fine. Uh, then they then somehow escaped the vehicle, which wasn't shown, but they escaped after it being tipped over, which we didn't see, but they just were suddenly stumbling out. And uh, they got into another vehicle that just also happened to just have the keys in it. And uh, Brock Lesnar chased them and ripped off the door as they all escaped. And Brock then carried the car door around with him and you know, said he wants Brock's or Roman's blood. So Roman's going to be busted open at WrestleMania. Fine. And he should be. But Brock, uh, Mr. Loose on the mic now, which is kind of fun, but also concerning at the same time. Brock without a script is... It's good and bad, but Brock's, uh, you know, his, his line is, you done screwed up, son. That's essentially, I mean, they should just make a shirt out of that at this point. You done screwed up, right? Uh, it's fine. I mean, it's essentially a rerun of last week with just a, a couple of destroyed vehicles. That's, that's really what it was, which I don't have a problem with it. I actually don't have a problem with Brock not getting his hands on Roman until WrestleMania. In fact, I'd prefer it. Because if you're going to make this as as anticipated as possible and in a boiling point, you wanted to get to that fever pitch, you would want Roman to escape Brock or to continue to somehow not outsmart him, but cheap shot him where you, Brock just seem, just can't get his hands on that emmer, emmer, mother effort, right? He can't get his hands on him. He just somehow can't. And that's what we're seeing so far. And they only have two weeks left. So I'm all for it. If, if Roman is via satellite next week and Brock just comes out and destroys everything and destroys everybody. And then is suspended the following week until WrestleMania. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Um, because that's the payoff, right? That's the payoff. That's what you want to see is Roman to get his hands on Brock and destroy or uh, Brock get his hands on Roman and absolutely demolish him. That's the payoff. That's what you want. So that's what I think is going to happen. Hopefully over the next two weeks and it's okay. You know, uh, it's fine. I, again, I don't, I don't hate the build to this. I, I don't. As much as I am making fun of this being the biggest WrestleMania match of all time, which should not be something WWE are telling fans. Fans should tell WWE this. But it, it, the build has been fine for me. All right. Well, let's move on here into something else here that I'm going to try to put a positive spin on it when I can. Uh, and that's Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I like this matchup. I feel for Sami Zayn being the scapegoat for these celebrities that come in. And also, you know, just because he's being kind of handicapped at WrestleMania from showing what he can do and having a great match because it's Johnny Knoxville. Um, the one part of this that I will say, I mean, again, I'm going to try to put a positive spin on this. I think that it's it probably will exceed my expectations in terms of what Johnny Knoxville can do. I think he's not going to bad bunny us, but I think he'll be OK for a celebrity only because he has no regard for his body. Like that's the only thing that we know about Johnny Knoxville. That's it. That he he will just throw himself off of a building and uh, somehow be okay. Yeah, he's like a, a cartoon character or something. So that's really all we know. And that'll probably be his saving grace from being a total embarrassment of a match is that like he will, he'll just do anything, I think. So with that said, 
Sami Zayn challenged Giant in Knoxville earlier in the night to a a no disqualification match. Falls count anywhere, I think, or it was a it was something along the lines of a street fight or whatever you want to call it. Now, number one, that makes sense. Why? For a couple reasons. Number one, it allows anybody somebody to interfere and screw over Sami Zayn, allowing Johnny Knoxville to win, which I think is a very likely possibility. I don't think Johnny Knoxville is going to lose this match, which is a shame. That's number one. And, uh, number two, it also allows much more flexibility for Johnny Knoxville because if he was constrained by the normal rules and regs of a, of a, of a traditional wrestling match, his weaknesses would be embarrassingly exposed. I mean, just it would be really, really, really bad. How can you not have an ODQ match with Johnny Knoxville or you know, or just a wrestling match, right? So I, that's what I will say. Uh, on a quick note, as I'm thinking about it, how is Brock and Roman not an ODQ? I, I don't think it is, right? How, how exactly is Brock going to bloody him if it's a regular wrestling match? Uh, I guess we'll talk about that in future shows, or maybe they'll address that. But to Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, again, this makes sense because it allows much more flexibility for Johnny. You can just do, you can do things that allow you to eat up time in a match that you otherwise couldn't if you were constrained by disqualification rules and countouts and everything. So he'll be able to use weapons and and all that kind of stuff. It makes sense. Um, and, and the one hilarious thing about this, if you noticed, I don't know if anyone else caught this. They were in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? By the time Sami Zayn came on. I think it was like, it was about halfway through the show, I believe. I believe Sami Zayn, it was at least halfway through the show, which would have said it was about 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right in Charlotte, North Carolina. So Sami puts out this challenge live on the show, and then Johnny Knoxville responds in seemingly like a hotel room where it's broad daylight. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not a, a scientist, but I'm fairly sure that unless Johnny Knoxville was acquired a time machine over the last 24 hours, that it's not it's not possible for Johnny Knoxville to respond unless he was in a different location and a different time zone. I mean, assumingly, I guess I'm assuming he was also in the same time zone. So maybe if he was in a hotel in California, it was still daylight. I guess that's the that's the out as I just uh, I just explained it to myself. But I don't know. It, it seemed like a little bit like, OK, it's it's dark out and yet Johnny Knoxville's responding and it looks like it's the middle of the day. So, I mean, anyway, I'm moving on from that, but I don't need to see Johnny Knoxville ever again in my life. I was never a fan of Jackass, even when it was cool to watch in the early 2000s and seeing them like, you know, light each other's faces on fire and, you know, just disgusting stuff, throwing each other off shopping carts, like off a roof. I mean, it's just, that's not, to me, that's just mindless just I don't know I mean if you loved it that's cool it just wasn't my flavor it was never my flavor I never found it funny it was just it was just shock tv for shock tv's sake and it wasn't my thing like mouse traps on each other's hands and feet and whatever anyway so uh that's this matchup's just going to be a whole lot of um a whole lot of weapons for uh a, a crutch for Johnny that's what it is so um moving on here you know I also want to talk about uh Rick Boogs here because we saw him here in a, uh, a tag team match with Shinsuke versus Los Lotharios. And I got to say, Rick Boogs is really growing on me. Many of you saw his stardom before I did. And I think that he is a future, in probably a couple of years, probably, likely, a future champion, world champion. He's got something about him. The mustache is on point. I really love it. 
his haircut has really helped his he's got his uh, entrance over Shinsuke now is playing second fiddle to Boogs, which is, is kind of amazing that the guy that introduces you is more over than the than the person who's being introduced. So it's it's amazing. Uh, I think Rick Boogs is a future star. They, they put him over like a million bucks saying how strong he is and his mustache is like Rick Rude quality. It's great. Uh, Rick Boogs has something and something that you guys saw way before me. And I will admit that. So I'm on the Rick Boogs train, right? I'm on the Boogs cruise, whatever it is. Um, the pump handle slam that he has is finished. It's really good. I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Again, the, the matchup was fine. The matchup was fine. Uh, I, I think it was average to okay. Um, you know, and having them go over is um, made sense. And and I think that I'm reading Bleacher Report. I either, I either read Bleacher Report or CBS Sports as my kind of guide while I do these weeks in review, just so I don't miss something and I am I able to kind of respond to others' opinions. Here is what Bleacher Report said, and I completely agree. Regardless of what you think about Bleacher Report, I mean it's irrelevant because I I think what they have to say is uh, absolute truth here. This is what they said. They may not have a realistic shot at dethroning the Usos in Dallas, but based on the fans' reaction, the showcase of the Immortals is definitely the time to pull the proverbial trigger if WWE is as much considering a switch. They are over. Boogs is finding himself as an explosive powerhouse between the ropes, and Nakamura is exactly the veteran presence to help him evolve. It's it's great. I totally agree. If you're going to pull the trigger... I think Boogs is going to get a really big reaction at WrestleMania because I think the fans recognize when there's a star up and coming and when they can kind of organically get behind a star that may not otherwise get the push by WWE otherwise. So I think the, the at WrestleMania, if if the fans are, want to, they could really catapult Boogs' career based on the reaction he gets. It's it's a it's low hanging fruit. It's an opportunity for those fans to tell WWE, hey. This guy's got something. Do something with him. And and I'm totally, I, I'm on the, the booze cruise. He has it. He has it. And uh, yeah, I'm jumping on the bandwagon. So what? Who cares? All right. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but this is good stuff. All right. So also, this is a good thing to say too. Pat McAfee has been incredibly influential in getting Boogs and Nakamura over. I agree with that. That's a great, great thing to, to point out. Pat McAfee has been maybe one of the best commentary hires of all time. I mean, when you look at uh, Corey Graves, you know, he was absolutely as well, but Pat has the energy that Corey doesn't. There's something about him. And uh, let's, let's talk about Pat McAfee here because Pat McAfee was ordered by Vince. Although they didn't see him on camera to apologize to Austin theory. He was ordered to apologize and Pat McAfee, said that i mean he apologized but did it in a way that was insulting at the same so he he, t- he did what vince said but also insulted him i'm sorry for beating your ass last week i'm sorry you're a punk ass you know what can't say it on the show um that is what he did but also theory took it as an apology and that he had won because pat apologized so that made me want to see pat completely beat the hell out of austin theory I have to say, you know, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. They took a match that I didn't think I wanted to see and made it a match I want to see. And when I'm wrong, I admit it, I'm 100% wrong because I think Pat's performance has overachieved in my estimation. Now, what he can do in the ring remains to be seen. 
What Pat can do in the middle of the ring, it, it remains to be seen. He's obviously not up to the level of Austin Theory in terms of ability and, and uh, timing and everything else. There's just no way. But Pat can probably hold his own, and he gets it on the mic. He knows how to convey it. He's got that personality. He delivered a really good promo, and he has got believable. Uh, he's got believable facials. He's got that presence and the tone. Like Pat has knocked it out of the park, and and it's like he's been doing this for years, and he's only been on commentary. So I, I really can't say anything bad about this. They took a match I didn't care about and I didn't think I wanted to see, and they're making it something I want to see, and I want to see really badly, and I want to see Austin Theory get his ass kicked. So I am 100% wrong on this, and I want to see it. Is it going to be a train wreck of a match? I don't think it'll be a train wreck. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be Flair Steamboat, okay? But it's. I think it's going to be the, the fans so behind McAfee that they're not necessarily going to care about the quality of the match because they love McAfee so much and they have a low bar for what McAfee can do anyway. So anything he does above that is going to be perceived as a positive. This, this is really good. Um, th- this is, uh, this is just good stuff. I mean, I, I gotta say even uh bleacher report gave this segment an a and, uh, they said, let's see, the smug yet clueless theory snapping a selfie despite being verbally obliterated was true to his character and exactly what one would hope out of that heel. And it, that, yep, that's right. Um, This is just great. I mean, uh, regardless of what comes of this, this is already overachieved. Kofi Kingston and Ridge Holland. Eh, I mean, what are you going to say about this? I mean, Butch was on the outside and trying to interfere in the match. I mean, I, I don't know what to say about this. Um, th- I mean, here's what uh, Bleacher Report said. The, the bigger takeaway was the character work from Pete Dunn's Butch. Twice, Seamus had to restrain him, preventing him from getting involved at one point and stopping him from beating down a fallen Kingston after the bell. If WWE is not careful, Butch will get over as a tenacious Wolverine-like competitor that unloads when unleashed. Um, I, I don't know what to say about this. I really don't. I, I don't. Again, I don't care about Kofi's character at all, like at all, as you guys know. And Ridge Holland is up and coming. So I don't I don't have an emotional investment yet with this. I just in general have a good takeaway of Seamus's group being quietly assembled. A rabid Wolverine like Butch. You have a a thick, muscular Ridge Holland, and you have the veteran Seamus. I mean, it's a good, really good, potentially overachieving group that we have going on here. That's what I'm taking away from this. Because I could care less about what Kofi's doing at all. So, all right. Um, what else happened here? Uh, so I already talked about Flair and um, Flair and Ronda. What Bleacher Report said about this was this: Flair producing a kendo stick to thwart Rousey was a great callback to their Survivor Series 2018 match, where Charlotte brutalized the then Raw Women's Champion. The nasty, scary bump Rousey took to the floor could have been threatened or could have threatened a significant head injury. That's very true. The cowardly flair using a weapon to neutralize Rousey with the help of the announce table, table placing her foot on the fallen foe to claim a victory she did not earn was also very good. Yeah, it was. And I, I forgot about that bump. That bump Rousey took. I, I mean, she bloodied her top lip, but I was worried that a concussion was imminent. I mean, yeah, I don't like Ronda Rousey as a human being, 
or as a uh, performer, but that doesn't mean I want injury to, to fall upon her. Of course not. Okay. But that was a scary bump. It really was. You waited for the X sign. You waited for her to just go limp or it was scary, straight scary. So man, there's been a lot of like hair raising moments in terms of injury over the last few weeks. Hasn't there? Oof. All right. So Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley. Now, this is something that I have said over the last several weeks is likely going to be a possibility of Naomi and a partner getting involved and interjecting themselves into the women's tag team title match at WrestleMania. And here we are. So it's fine. I mean, not complaining about it. It gives everybody an opportunity at WrestleMania, although I don't like that. But it's fine. Um, You're creating teams out of thin air with everyone that doesn't have a match at WrestleMania. They're just sticking into tag teams. So this is what Bleacher Report said about this. There may be no real story to speak of in the women's tag team title feud, but it's sure as hell brimming with talent, which was on full display in a competitive about pitting Naomi and Sasha against Liv and Rhea. Champions Carmella and Queen Zelina watched from ringside as their top contenders delivered a strong match between two babyface tandems that excelled despite both teams' statuses as fan favorites. That the damn good match came to an abrupt end when Natalia and Shayna attacked the combatants, not so sub, uh, subtly, announcing their intentions to enter the WrestleMania title match that did not need another team. Still, WWE is at least putting effort into propping up the tag titles, something that it has failed to do for far too long. And then we had uh, Sonya Deville confirm their intent to enter that tag team title match, so it's going to be a fatal four-way. I don't know. I don't know if it's a fatal four-way elimination. I think it's just. The first two score a pinfall or submission wins. Maybe they'll change that to elimination. But as of right now, it's just one fall to a finish. So um, this is this is good. I mean, and I agree that the matchup between Sasha and Naomi and Liv and Rhea was really good. The crowd even said this is awesome. A match that you would never expect to just randomly be chanted. This is awesome. All four did an excellent job. What would you expect? It's also amazing that Sasha Banks is being ha- like kind of hidden inside of a tag team and not even able to, when's the last time Sasha Banks had a promo? I, I don't even know how many, a, a few months. It's just amazing. I mean, I'm sure that things will be sh- uh, shooken up after WrestleMania, after Ronda hopefully just takes another, you know, year long sabbatical and has more babies or whatever, or just hangs out on a farm. Hopefully that's the case. I have my doubts, but at least Sasha Banks after WrestleMania, unless she's, unless she wins the belts, which is, I think, a curse, not a blessing, will be out of this tag team. After WrestleMania, these tag teams, probably two out of the four of them, will disband, and they'll just go off on their own. So hopefully that's the case. And I'm hoping for Liv and Rhea not to be a thing. I think Rhea, as a singles competitor, is a much better um, is a much better uh, fit as a singles competitor than she is in a team. So as I feel like a lot of the women are. <laughs> at least they're getting something at WrestleMania, yes. And I'm sure they're at least happy to be on the card, but yeah. Uh, all right. So here's the thing. I also want to give an in-person review from Grace, one of our patrons, um, patreon.com, which by the way, guys, perfect time for a plug. You can head on over to patreon.com slash WWE podcast and get a dollar for a dollar ad free everything. All of our shows, hundreds of shows ad free. You also get a shout out on the show uh, and much more. So think about that as well as on Apple podcasts. We have a ad-free feed there for 99 cents. It's only going through WrestleMania, 99 cents a month or $10 for the entire year, which gives you two months for free of our podcast, 100% ad-free, 
or you can go to our website at wwepodcast.com and go VIP. You can get, I have only three. I'm going to be uploading more. I've been on vacation and I've been drinking a little too much, but I'll be back with another video probably in the next couple of days. That's exclusive to our website. If you go VIP there and enter the code, the promo code WrestleMania, it gives you a a 50% discount on the first month. So uh, check that out uh, as as well as everything ad free. Uh, But Grace has graced us. See what I did there with her presence. And she attended SmackDown in Charlotte. And uh, she wrote an in-person review here, which I want to read because she took the time to uh, to do that for us. So she wrote in and talked about first uh, the Pat McAfee and Austin Theory segment. She said it was amazing. The crowd was so hyped for Pat and even his entrance before the show. He has a lot of love going into this match with Austin. Yes, Grace. And I know you have a much bigger review. I'll get to that in a second. Um, yep, I totally agree. And I, I mentioned that too, that I think that's what's going to carry him through this match that has got a low bar for quality because of the limitations of Pat. And that's not a knock on Pat. I mean, he's not a, he's not a full-time performer. So he's going to do what he can do. But I think that organic love for him is what's going to carry him through this match. And the fans aren't going to chant bull. You know, they're not going to boo the match if, it, if there's a couple of botches or Pat can't perform a move. I mean, I'm sure he'll do fine and he'll recognize what he can and can't do. But the love for him that's organically there is going to carry him through this. Yes. Okay. So the the bigger review that Grace provided us was he want she wanted us to uh, know about the SmackDown in person review here and some of the pops and matches and the dark match. So here are the loudest pops that she noticed in person. Wow. Okay. You have shocked me, Grace. I have to say, here is the in person. The real, in other words, loudest pops of the night in order. Number one, can you guess, guys? Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns was number one. Number two was Charlotte. And number three, you're going to make me vomit, Grace, is Kofi. So that's shocking because in per- on camera or, or th- when you're listening through your smartphone or your TV, whatever, Roman's pop you can initially hear, but then it almost gets kind of drowned out. I don't know if it's on purpose or his music is so loud or what the case is. You can hear the pops, but I wonder if WWE is hilariously doing the opposite of what they did when he was a babyface when he got a bunch of boos and kind of turning down the boos and artificially putting in cheers, which you could hear all the time. And maybe they're doing the <laughs> the opposite now because the fans love what they see. I'm not sure, but. That is very interesting, uh, Grace, as well as Charlotte getting a pop, which tells me that tells me if Charlotte is getting that reaction now, imagine her reaction at WrestleMania with the WrestleMania type fans and Kofi. I mean, I'm not going to address Kofi, but thank you for that. A note here you said is the crowd was hot for Brock during the Roman promo, but when he actually came out, there was hardly a pop. And during his promo, it wasn't too loud either. Interesting. I wonder why that is. I wonder why that is. I I don't know. Um, I think because they want to see Brock destroy stuff and not just cut a promo because Brock isn't great at promos. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, there was a lot of respect for Biggie and a little segment homage for Biggie that the crowd loved. That's cool. Yeah, I, d- I did see that. And that's cool. I, I, I and there is a lot of love for him. And, you know, I, I, I feel the same way as for a human being, Biggie. No, not the performer. I'm not, as you all know, I'm not a big fan of his character, but the human being, absolutely. Um, 
Okay, the matches that the crowd got behind and really into in order. Number one, the women's tag team match. As soon as it started to heat up with the hot tags, people were on their feet. And this was my favorite and best match of the night. Number two, Kofi and Ridge Holland. Crowd was behind Kofi all the way and it got real loud. Wow, uh, that's a little shocking. Although there wasn't, there weren't a ton of matches, so I guess that that is what it is. But yeah, the women's tag team match—they overperformed and overdelivered. Totally agree. So uh, the crowd was really behind Drew in his tag match. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, why don't we talk about it now? Actually, uh, Drew McIntyre did have a uh, a match here, and you know. As I've said with Drew McIntyre, you know, I, I, everybody is very shocked probably at his placement on the show. I, I am as well. But Drew and the Viking Raiders here took on Happy Corbin, Mad Cat Moss, and Jinder Mahal. And, um, you know, look, Drew McIntyre is sending messages to Happy Corbin. He continues to win. The Viking Raiders have nearly, I mean, nearly zero momentum, I got to say. But Drew McIntyre is just continuing to look strong. Everyone in this and in the world, I think, believes that he's going to take uh, a victory here at, at WrestleMania against Happy Corbin and move on to something actually relevant for his career. You know, um, Happy Corbin though, on the other side is all. But at the same time, the one thing I got to say, we're looking at this as a downgrade for J- Drew. It's a massive upgrade for Happy Corbin. So there is that it is helping build new stars. So uh, or at least help along established stars. But uh, let's get back to your analysis here, um, Grace. Uh, Los Lotharios got little to no reaction. You mean that? Wait, I don't know how. I mean, that that plant that they have in the crowd for the kiss cam didn't get a reaction. I mean, how is there an attractive woman in that exact spot every week? Come on. But yeah, the Los Lotharios in terms of reaction, they have they've got a little work to do from a character standpoint. Johnny Knoxville's video didn't get a loud reaction. I like that. Good. Charlotte and Ronda segment. She got a loud pop and even louder pop, sadly, in my opinion, after she threw Ronda into the table and was exiting. Ronda had an all right pop. See, I told you, I I really believe that Ronda could get booed at WrestleMania. And if they do, turn her heel. I think Ronda as a heel is way better suited and more entertaining. She doesn't have to worry about the crowd reaction. She could just try to piss off the crowd, which she can do just naturally as a person. Uh, this was their best segment yet, but not really. that's not really saying much. I agree. I rewatched the show, and on air, it seemed like Charlotte got a lot of booze, but she definitely didn't in person. See, that's exactly my fear, is they're trying to trying to spin the narrative and kind of curate, curate reality, alter reality, right, of what's actually going on. Interesting. So the dark match was Roman and the Usos versus Shinsuke, Rick Boogs, and Drew McIntyre. This match was great. They had... Um, and they really beat up on Shinsuke almost the whole time. The best part was when a fan came all the way down the stairs to ringside and started talking mad crap to Roman, wanting to fight in a joking way. Paul Heyman got on the mic and absolutely destroyed this man and rushed over to ringside to fight him before Jey Uso held him back. The crowd was completely behind the fan the whole time, and it was a great shoot moment. I would easily say this got the biggest reaction of the night, and everyone got to their feet and screaming. The match ended with Roman Superman punching everyone and spearing Boogs for the win. Okay, well, that's interesting that they came back to the arena and uh, were okay from being flipped over in their car uh, to uh, being able to 
have this match again it's it's a dark match all rules go out the window it's just for the in the uh, local crowd so that's fine i have no problem with that from a logical standpoint because we weren't supposed to see it to begin with but um that's interesting with the fan uh, you wonder if that's a shoot or a work though yeah you do wonder because i've seen this before with roman and paul on other uh house shows or other dark matches so maybe it's just a thing they do they have a plant in the crowd that does this but uh rick boogs in the quote dark main event is interesting Drew McIntyre being able to work with Roman is also interesting, right? Because it could be a sign of things to come after WrestleMania, where Roman and Drew finally lock up. So, Grace, thank you for that in-person analysis. It is much appreciated. It really does help us out to know what's really going on. So, um, before we head out here, um, I want to talk quickly about Raw. And I know that it happened a week ago. um, But just kind of a review here with Seth Rollins now not having another path to WrestleMania. He tried to challenge KO to host Austin. Rollins will likely be, he's going to be at WrestleMania. He will probably think he'll have another path tonight on Raw. That'll fail again. He'll go into a deeper depression, and then maybe Cody shows up next week or at WrestleMania. So that's my thought. Um, and uh, so that's the the biggest narrative going into uh, this Monday Night Raw is Seth does not have a path. Um, and, you know, AJ Styles returns tonight as well to confront edge after what happened two weeks ago with the concerto. And again, credit to edge for just being able to completely reinvent himself on a dime and not rehash the, the old ultimate opportunist rated our superstar, but rather show a different side of his character, his heel character that we have not seen before. So to me, that's one of the biggest hooks for raw tonight is that, uh, after the last couple of weeks of Edge just cutting promos on AJ to see how he responds. Um, and, you know, people have been asking me, do I think Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to show up against Kevin Owens tonight at WrestleMania? No. Or on Raw? No. I think it's at WrestleMania is the only time that we get to hear the glass break. I mean, that's the hook for WrestleMania, right? Because otherwise, if they confront each other on Raw, then what's there to do at WrestleMania? If it's not an actual match, if it's not being billed as a real match, you're essentially doing something on raw that you're told is also happening at WrestleMania wouldn't make sense. So do I think there's some kind of maybe satellite message from stone cold? Maybe, but I don't think he shows up even though it's in, uh, what is it? The all state arena, one of Austin's favorite arenas. So there is that there is that, that if you have a inkling that he might show up, that could be it. So, or maybe he shows up after the show in the dark match or in, in, after in a dark segment, that's also very possible where it's not on air, but rather it's um, it's actually in person after the show. That's a strong possibility. So uh, what else happened on Raw? Of course, Bianca Belair was injured, quote unquote, injured by Becky Lynch. I like the throat injury. Um, Bianca sold it a little weird last week as there was like a five second delay before she realized she should sell her throat and not just a knockout. Uh, and but regardless, th- that's a small critique for an otherwise really good build uh, and one that I think is going to result in an excellent a A to A minus, maybe A plus. I think it's in the A category somewhere between Becky and Bianca. I think it's going to be stellar. I'm real looking forward to uh, the follow-up there. RK Bro take on Alpha Academy tonight. That's going to be fun. Uh, Finn Balor looks for retribution against Austin Theory tonight on Raw. I'm reading WWE.com, by the way. So this is all official as of uh, 12.30 or 12.45 p.m. That's how late I am on this week in review. Um, And let's see what else. 
I think that's all they have for the preview for Monday Night Raw. But looking back again, I think it was a nice week for WWE building up programs that should be built up. Seth on a a quote unquote lost path that's probably going to lead to Cody Rhodes in some form or fashion. Kevin Owens still has KO with Austin as his guest. That's a match brawl, whatever the hell this is. They still haven't told us they're being very ambiguous and something they shouldn't be ambiguous about. Um, And having uh, Bianca Belair and, and Becky on a very, a very good path and an RK bro. And do they break down at WrestleMania? Finally, where does this happen? And, and I think they've got some good stuff going on. I really do. And maybe we'll get an Omos match tonight. Hey, maybe we'll get an Omos match that ends in, you know, a squash. <laughs> so, um, and also Bobby Lashley, you know, when I look at, interestingly, I'm looking at WWE.com right now and the header, the heading, the header picture for Raw has Bianca on it, it has Seth on it, it has Becky, it has Orton, it has uh, Damian Priest, and it also has Bobby Lashley, interestingly. Now, is that just a stock picture that they did a month ago and they didn't update? Possibly. But it also makes you wonder if Bobby's truly out for Mania, if he can make an appearance, if he's going to be a last-minute, um, kind of a last-minute arrival to the to WrestleMania. Who knows? But it is interesting that Bobby Lashley is almost front and center on uh, on the show or on the, the the main page here. So, but anyway, guys, overall, I think it was a really good week for WWE. Certainly, some kind of weird stuff. Not everything we like, but that's that's uh, that's part of being a fan. So, and guys, again, I apologize for this being so late. I mean, and, and there's really only one way to explain again why this is late. I think this is a uh, very appropriate. So uh, here. I think that's really the only way to accurately describe it. Okay, so um, it's it's not me. It's the alcohol, guys. It's it's the alcohol. So a very mature way to end the show. Thank you, guys, for listening. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night or later tonight with probably a rerun show. I don't think I'll be doing a show with Anthony. We'll be doing a rerun of uh, Nostalgia or our What If, and uh, then resume next week. And then on tomorrow night, I'll be back with Monday Night Raw Review. Wednesday's the mailbag. And then uh, we'll be, of course, back with all the other shows, AEW, and your uh, SmackDown review in about a week. So, guys, thank you so much for joining me. Consider going ad-free on Patreon, ad-free on Apple Podcasts, ad-free on our website. Use the promo code WrestleMania and get 50% off. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time